Footy Prime the Podcast is brought to you by Tony Bet, official sponsor of the CPL and presenting sponsor of Canada's unofficial voice of footy. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language, and sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Gregor, Andy, Jimmy, and JC. All we know and all we talk about is booty. These days, does it seem like you've got a different knife for every little job in the kitchen? Like you've got a knife for buttering your bread, chopping up your lamb, and cutting your lettuce. To that we say, that's not a knife. This is the Footy Prime Knife. The Footy Prime Knife is the only knife you need for chopping, slicing, dicing, filleting, killing, and murdering. Footy Prime's 14-inch blade plus spiked brass knuckles is forged from other useless knives. It's like we took the Prime Knife's enemies and burnt them alive. Let's not stop at the kitchen. The Footy Prime Knife replaces all sharp objects around your house. You can chop down a tree, shave your danglers and threaten your neighbour all at the same time. And the kids just love it. Little Susie wants her ears pierced? Prime Knife. So say goodbye to those dull knives and most of your friends and try the Footy Prime Knife. That's not a knife unless it's the Footy Prime Knife. You'll likely end up in jail. Footy Prime does not promote the use of the Footy Prime Knife for anything other than showboating to your mates. Let's get this party started. Footy Prime knife, I love it. And we're actually going to be giving out um, a Footy Prime knife to uh, a lucky listener today. That's not true. There isn't actually a Footy Prime knife as as we speak right now, Yet. but you never know. <laughs> and you, you, you can shave your danglers with whatever you like. We could have just went to Lowe's and got one. Not exactly, and I even put Footy Prime on it. Would you shave your dangler with an with, with a exacto knife? No, no, nope. no. Edward, I don't, I don't think Edward scissor hands. What about a um a, a big twelve inch blade with a spiky brass knuckle handle? Oh yeah, knife. yeah. I got more control there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that actually Paul Hogan? You used there to uh, voice yeah, that, Jason? Yeah, he's yeah, absolutely. Hey, did you hear that? Um, the NHL is going to Australia next. Um, preseason or for the first game of the season, Arizona's going with someone else because they want to expand the global appeal of the NHL. They're going to Australia. Oh yeah. Do you think they... anyone there gives a fuck? No. No. Nobody gives a fuck underneath the Tropic of Cancer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well... What Excuse me. That? Excuse me. Sorry, I, I had chili. <laughs> was that what? you? Yeah. Sorry, guys. What was, was it, it Jimmy's? Yeah, Jimmy thinks Jimmy's, it's right? him. He does think it's him. <laughs> what the hell was that? I actually thought that was a sound effect for them going to Australia. Yeah, exactly. That might have been my brother. He just bought a Harley. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Which brother? Michael. Nice. That makes sense. What kind of yeah. Harley? Well, uh, in fact, it can't be because he bought a Harley and doesn't even have a license. So it's just sitting there. Is he going to get a license? I don't know. He's got to pass it first, doesn't he? Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> oh, boy. That's one thing about Canada, right? Is you can buy and ride whatever size bike you like, even though you're a complete amateur rookie without a license. Whereas certainly, I know for sure in England, I'm not sure about other countries, but in, you can only ride a certain CC, a certain sized engine until you yeah. get your license. At least that's what it used to be. <laughs> 30 years ago it may have changed yeah. i would like a harley me too my next yep. door neighbor um growing up i mean i was it was years later i was in england but he uh i remember our parents always say don't get him we don't just don't get a motorcycle I just okay so okay we promise him anyway brent decides that he's gonna buy a motorcycle i think he was about 30 something like that he got on this bike to go test drive it and it got out of hand before he hit the end of the road and it, it was going so fast he had to put it on its side he ran into the curb 
sliding on his ass. His heels came through the bottom of his feet. <laughs> he had to have his ankles fused. And that was it. He never had a bike ever again. But he, So it lasted about 200 meters until the end of the road. He was test riding a bike. Oh, my God. And it wow. was obviously too fast for him. And I don't know what the hell he was doing, but... Wow. Yeah. So you see, Craig, if you got a motorbike, it would need to be like a big chopper with like the, the pegs up by the handlebars because your legs are so long. Doesn't the blood run out of your arms? No. Oh, on choppers? Yeah. I wonder, actually. Well, for a long ride, I guess. Yeah, you got to give it a shake here and there, don't you? Yeah. You always see with one guy with his arm down because the blood's running out. I was like... Oh, that's why, yeah. Give it a good shake. Yeah. Or he wants to turn left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was it. <laughs> we should get a license, Jimmy. I, I went, had it years ago. I rode a bike years ago, but not for a long time. I'm getting the itch back for sure. Yeah, I would like to. Wasn't it Mark Watson who was telling us a story about the physiotherapist at Oxford that ran over the guy in the wheelchair on his motorbike? There was a guy that was in a, in a wheelchair, and you know one of those, uh, they got the little handles, and it's like the little remote where they can go back and forth and all that. And he was pulling up to, you know, the, the zebra crossings in England, right? Little yeah. crosswalks. And as he's slowing down, he sees this guy in the wheelchair and he pulls up and he's like, okay, go ahead. And the guy in the wheelchair is like, no, 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 you you go, you go. And they were going back and forth like, yes, you go. No, 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 no. Seriously, you go. <laughs> and what ended up happening was the physio pulls the throttle takes off well doesn't the guy come flying out right <laughs> flying out and they just collide in the middle of this crosswalk right his bikes all over the place this guy's out of the wheelchair he's like jesus he lifts up his like his helmet he says you okay he goes yeah i am okay he goes what's happening he goes you waved me you waved me through he goes i did he goes i did but when i waved you through I hit the accelerator. <laughs> so his wheelchair flew out as oh, he went no. away from through. So go ahead. Wow. Yeah. So that was uh, that was his story. He had, a, had to I, fix that bike and then had to fix the guy's wheelchair. So I, I guess on the, on, the, on the bright side, on the bright side, he didn't have to worry about his legs, did he? No. Nah. Right. And there was a physio there, so he was he was like right. He started work. He started working on him immediately. Perfect. But he said, he said he came flying out. Obviously, those things are quite rapid too, aren't they? So oh, when he, off the line, they're sharp. Yeah. So when he pushed it all the way through as he waved and went flying, boom, <laughs> boom. he says he smoked them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Were you guys allowed motorbikes when you, you played? Was it part of your contract that you couldn't ride bikes? Yeah. Yeah. Was no. it? But why would you? Because it's fun. Well, yeah, but you're risking your career for like, what? Yeah. There is that. Like yeah. water skiing and stuff like that, I stayed right away from. I, just too many horror stories, guys getting injured yeah. off season and career ending. It's like, what the hell? I did ride a moped when I was on holiday, so that's different. All I did too. But that that would have around the things. Had you have like crashed, you know, run into a guy in a wheelchair or something, would that have cost you your contract? Does that count? Well, the chance of them finding out when you're in Jamaica or Bermuda because you're on a moped. <laughs> Maybe when you come back, you got like road rash from your ankle to your ass. No, they're, listen, it's not like a like a communist regime or something or clubs. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they're not idiots. I, yeah. I got hurt once. I, I I clipped myself. I was living with Frankie Yallop at the time, and I was just coming out the door, and he had a big lip on his door from this I don't know storm door he had on that freaking thing and i clipped it i went down i landed on my kneecap oh that was uh that kept me out for a couple of weeks a freak accident how do you explain that one to your trainer just you I, have to be honest i guess <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah you're not gonna believe this one what was yeah. your freakiest injury jimmy was there a, a no, I so think I told you when I had when I had that little MG and they made me sell it because I kept on pulling my hamstring. You didn't tell us that, I don't think. Didn't you? Didn't I? I don't think so. <laughs> I had a little MG, you know the MGs? Yeah, the little image, right? Yeah, yeah. Little two-seater. It was a little little rocket. And I'm, I loved that thing. It was my baby. And it was uh it was manual. So every time, and because the way that you're sitting in the car, it's you're so low, right? You're so low. And your legs are pretty much straight. And every time I was, you know, 
pulling the gears. I feel like my thighs and my hamstring. But I kept on tweaking my hamstring. <laughs> they, they made me sell it. They're like, this is your third time you've tweaked this hamstring in four months. What's going on? I don't know. It might be the car. Right. Sold. <laughs> it. And they, they ended up selling it for me. And you, got, and you got a, a minivan. Well, yeah. Got to see. I had to ride the town bus after that. I saw a picture. I was going through uh, one of these rags, and Erlen Harlan's driving this massive Rolls Royce right now. He's doing right Is for himself. He really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about the Rolls Royce. I don't know how wealthy you are. That's a bit, that's a bit big time Charlie ish, isn't it? A Rolls Royce. Don't you think? I think I mean, those big ones are ugly. Yeah. They're a bit they're much. Big they? Yeah. Big old grill on them. Yeah. I guess he's massive though, isn't he? Right. So he, he couldn't be driving an MG, for example. Well, and the point of it is, isn't how good the car looks. It's just, I got a Rolls Royce. Yeah. Status symbol, isn't it? Yeah. I've also got 45 fucking goals this year. (laughs) (laughs) Another one in the Champions League this week. I think it'd be better if he was uh, driving a rig like Chris Eubank. Remember? Did he? Chris Eubank. Yeah. He's a driver rig. Like a lorry. Yeah. No trailer on the back. Just the rig. (laughs) Did he really? Why? Because he could. Because he's Chris Eubank. He was very, yeah, he was out there. The boxer, Chris Eubank. Wow. Yeah. Whose phone was that, Jimmy? No, not me this huh? time. Wasn't it? Wasn't you, huh? Okay. Glad to hear it. Um, yeah. So Excuse Harlan me again. again. Sorry again. It was the chili. Oh, was it you again? Um. So yes, yeah, City beat Bayern Munich, like with with some ease, don't they? Mm, that I was a, as good a performance as I've seen City in the Champions League, maybe ever actually. I thought they just, outside the first, what, maybe 20, 30 minutes where Bayern was okay despite going down a goal, I mm-hmm. thought City just, just owned them, Craig. Yeah, full value. They were just, they on the day, there's not anywhere near. Yeah. It was yeah. impressive. You know, I, I gotta, you got to give credit to Pep, too. And, you know, just what he was talking about. Did you hear he was referencing, referencing Michael Jordan, Jack Nicholas? And about how much they won, but how much they lost. And they lost a hell of a lot more than they ever won, um, but still had that quality. So, I, you know, he just has his knack of, I think, at times. I know he hasn't won this Champions League thing yet with City, and he's <laughs> going to be close with this team again. But they also need a little bit of luck, and you're going to get right to the last game, whatever. It's going to still got to be, you got to be at your best and get a little bit lucky too. So. Those tournaments no. are tough, but they outclass them. What do you think? Is it their year? I think it is. I'm looking yeah, at the other so teams. Good. No one stands out to me. Inter Milan don't stand out to me. Benfica don't stand out to me. Milan don't stand out. Napoli did, but they, they have come back down to earth a little bit recently. Chelsea, I mean, Real Madrid are the world champions, the world champions, the European champions numerous times. We know that. They're, they're a different team in the mm. Champions League than they are domestically, but there's no team that just screams to me as being where the guys to be except for Man City right now. No, I agree. Except when you get to the final and you got those guys. I was just watching that, the Napoli match and man, some quality in that too. Feisty challenges, tough refereeing, good saves. And that was without also men too, right? They're missing their, their best striker. That yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. Um, Better to see though. What do you mean, Jimmy? So, John Stones is now a central midfielder. Pep's going with three at the back, three center backs, and, yeah. and John Stones playing beside Rodri, just reinventing the player. Yeah, it's but it's the way that he's playing, right? He, he is he is a defender, and as the play moves and he shifts and he drops into that, or he pushes on into that role. And one of the reasons why he's playing there is because he's he's got good feet, can read the game, and understands it. Um, yeah. And Walker's actually struggling struggling to play that role. And that's why he's not getting the minutes now is because he can't adjust to this new, new formation. Um, but that's what, what they're doing now. It's just a center back in possession as they go forward. He just uh, slides in fullbacks drop in and then you've got your back three. Gives but, him a little bit of that safety net behind him, Jimmy, I think too, that gives him a little bit of comfort because he is a very good player on the ball. Yeah. So. No, he is. He's a good passer. He's got good size, can read the game. And he knows when to step into that position, when to drop off. Mm. He's a clever player, so that's why he's relying on him to play in that role. And like I said, that's why 
Walker struggling because either he wants to bomb on and he can't sit in that three because before that's what they used to do. The left back would, would tuck in and Walker would end up pushing up high and getting down the line. Um, and now if you're asking one of your defenders to push into the middle, you've got to be able to play football in there. Mm-hmm. Don't you find that they, they always have somebody or a few players that are just at the top of their game and then you have a couple that may be dipping in form, even De Bruyne at one time during the season. I mean, you can't really say that about Haaland, but Grealish, you know, wasn't until recently now. He stands out. Yeah. You know, they just seem to fit in in these little spots and and seem to take the take the thing by the neck when they need to. Each individual is pretty yeah. impressive. They must love playing for Pepe, Jimmy. I mean, it's, it's as if like this manager challenges his players more than any other manager. And and if you're good enough, yeah. you must love that. Yeah, I think with you know, I've always said good players can can play in in other positions and slide into it. Um, and you got to be, you know, be able to adapt to the situations mentally and physically. And I think with the way that Pep plays, it's not just your standard formation. You need to do things that are a bit unorthodox uh, to get the edge and, and overload certain areas of the pitch. And, and, you know, with Grealish, I'm sure for him to come in from, from Villa and all of a sudden now you're with Pep, who's asking you to do different things or, you know, not get involved in the play at times um, to keep a shape or keep the integrity and the balance of the shape. You know, sometimes players just want to drift and then they ball watch where he's like, no, 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 you just mm-hmm. stay out there and keep your, your feet in the line and don't do anything until the ball comes towards you where players have a natural instinct to come off the lines. And, you know, I remember uh, Thierry Henry was, was talking about it when he got first told when you're playing, play out wide, do not, do not come off that line. Don't do anything. And, and it took him a while to adapt, but then eventually he got it. And that's when they, mm-hmm. they were very successful. So I think with Grealish, it just took him time to really understand how, how this guy plays. <coughs> And on the other hand, there's still a lot of big games. Is every single game City's got from now on it counts. So, so there's a lot of pressure to keep that, maintain that that quality, and that's that's not easy. Although they they do it pretty well. Yeah. Well, let's see their schedule coming up. So obviously they're chasing Arsenal. Uh, they got a game in hand. So their next match uh, this weekend, they're taking on Leicester. <laughs> like Holland's on thirty goals now. He could he could beat the record this this Saturday. 12.30 Eastern against Leicester. Then they play Bayern next Tuesday in the uh, return leg. Then it's Sheffield United in the FA Cup semifinals. Um, City take on Arsenal. Then they're Fulham, West Ham, Leeds, Everton, mm-hmm. Chelsea, Brentford. They get Brighton in there somewhere. It's been postponed because of the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they've got some challenging games, but not as many as Arsenal. But they have the squad and the depth, right? The one team that can handle it. That's why I, I don't think they're going to take a step back now. I still, I, I got to still say it's Arsenal going to win this thing just because I've kind of stuck with them for a few weeks now. But I'm beginning to change my mind. Wow. <laughs> the more I think about it. Yeah, you, you, need, you need that depth. And you can only imagine if you're a player sitting in that dressing room thinking, we're on Arsenal's heels. We got an opportunity here, a chance anyways to... To win the Premier League. You play them, so it's in your hands, isn't it? Yeah. Then you've got the FA Cup. We could win the FA Cup, and we're in the semis of the Champions League. So we could be going for a treble here this year. Yeah. And they've got the squad to do it. That's for sure. And then comes the summer. (laughs) What do they do in the summer? Who do they bring in to improve this team? Is it time to change some of them around a little bit? We see, see big clubs do that. You know, there's been yeah, some players that have been there for think, a while. I think Calvin Phillips will, will go. Maybe Walker might go. I think there'll be a few players that will, mm-hmm. will end up leaving at the end of the season. He always freshens it up a little bit. Always. Yeah. Jude but Bellingham. They haven't, uh, they haven't won a trophy. They haven't won it yet. They haven't won the trouble. They haven't fucking, like, give him a break. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. And they're always it, they're already making changes next year. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, you know, the, the reason I mention it is just because Jude Bellingham's name's up there again, of course, with City, with United, with Real Madrid, mm-hmm. with Liverpool. But the reports are that that the Reds have pulled out of the race to sign them. They can't afford them. They're saying now, no Champions League football. Um, they they can't spend all that money, 130 million pounds, or that's the reported what Dortmund's demanding. They can't do that as well as you know improve other parts of, of the squad. 
It's a real problem, right? This is where the ownership has to be accountable, I think, with that team in particular. Are they selling it? Are they not selling it? Do you want to really compete with the big boys or not? Because they've been after Bellingham for years, it seems, right? They've done all their due diligence. They've built relationships. And now they realize, if reports are true, that he's too much for them. Well, first of all, Fenway Sports Group that own him, they're in, a, in for number one to make money. Tro- trophies are secondary. They want to do that for sure, but they're, they're there, there to make money. And they're not going to stretch themselves, especially if they got themselves on the, you know, they might want to sell them. They don't want to put yeah. themselves in any more debt, lose more money. So, yeah, they haven't got the spending power. I mean, they are not a, going to do they? Yeah. They're not a country. No. And it's just, uh, it's it must be a killer as well if you're a Liverpool fan, especially knowing how good this player is. And he's come out and said he wants to play for Liverpool. But they can't spend the money to get him. <laughs> it is painful, Jimmy. Yes. He doesn't want to play for him that badly. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see. Crazy money. Chelsea, of course, spending money like crazy the last little while. They've got zero goals for in the last four games. Frank Lampard, in his last 16 games as a manager, he's lost 13 of them. They lost at Real Madrid. And they, they, they weren't horrible against Real Madrid, in fairness. Yeah. Real Madrid's a better team, right? But you can say that about a lot of Chelsea's games. They're not horrible, but they just can't score goals. Yeah, no, that's a good point. They don't look horrible. Um, a lot of the players look quite good at times, but yeah, aren't they? They just, they're a disaster. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah. I mean, Frank was my teammate at West Ham and all, and I'm, but fuck, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> even you know, even like interim wise, Craig. Even interim wise, you, you don't understand why that might be. No, I don't. I don't get it at all. You may as well keep Potter around, right? You may as well get him around. You're paying him twelve million a year. You might as well yeah. give him a yeah. What the You're hell? Not gonna win anything. Yeah, yeah. It's the same old shit. So eventually, you got to look and go. Well, you know what? Just this balance of the players. I mean, nobody's been able to find that chemistry or whatever. Sometimes it just does not work. and It's hard. And it, to try to get it right in the Premier League is even more difficult. But they, it's great content. I really enjoyed following Chelsea in the last year or so. <laughs> From Roman being kicked out to the whole, you know, sale and who's it going to be to Todd Bowley, man, Mr. Box Office himself, yeah. providing us all this great stuff. I mean, listen, they're, they're a fun team for the neutral on Lake, Jimmy. Yeah, they are. They are. I mean, I'm just thinking about this, guys. You know, when you when you look at these teams right now and the amount of players that they've brought in, money that has been spent, you know, is do the managers have much to say when it comes to the players that are coming in? You look at Forrest, they've got rid of their sporting director. Is Chelsea sporting director, the guy that's putting everything in place, is it, is it his fault for the bringing the players in? You know, or is it, or is it's it Potter's fault? Who can't who can't deal with it? Or you know, is Potter working with players that he, he that he never wanted? I think, know, so. I think so. I think in Chelsea's right. standpoint, it's Todd yeah. Bowley coming in, thinking he knows everything. He's the smartest man in the room. We want this guy. This guy. He's being worked over by the agents. Yeah, and uh, he's he's buying the players. And Graham Potter didn't ever say, and certainly he didn't ever say in who was leaving because no one left. Yeah, and there's well, Tuchel. Throw that in the loop too, right? Yeah, so right. Yeah, exactly. That makes you wonder: Is it, you know, these sporting directors are they, are they giving too much power, um, and they're putting pieces of the puzzle in place, but not really understanding who their manager is and how he works and operates? Because at the end of the day, the manager is a guy that's on the pitch every single day working with these players. He's in the dressing room every single day with the players. Sporting directors aren't. They're not there every single day. So someone's got to be to blame. And maybe, maybe there's just, uh, they're not, not as cohesive as what they should be through uh, with all these big clubs, just buying players left, right, and center. Sorry, but back, back in the day, the manager used to be the one that bring, brought in the players. Right. But, but nowadays you understand why that maybe can't be the case. 100%, right? You need someone to, you know, spend the time working the agents, doing the paperwork, right? But it should be a partnership because as much as people say, oh, you're a coach, just coach the players. It's, each player, each coach has his own philosophy. 
yeah. and works better with certain types of players, right? So in a perfect world, the director of football or sporting director works in unison with the coach. Coach goes, I need these types of players. You yeah. go and find them for me. Yeah, that's a, That just makes absolute sense. I mean, why wouldn't you do that? But there are some clubs, there's a, there's a bit of a distance between them. Yeah, the coaching staff and the and the and the manager. Oh, there is. I mean, I I even had it where I was getting players that were coming in and didn't even know they were coming in, and then you're working with them week in and week out, and you're just like, these guys aren't good enough. They're not. Why why we signed this player? Why do we have this player? Mm-hmm. So when would you be told that they were coming in, Jimmy? Like at the training pitch that that day type well, thing. Sometimes you just go into the dressing room and there's a player sitting there, and you're like, oh hello. <laughs> you better be <laughs> fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he was never signed. He just decided to come in. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's why I didn't play them. But, you know, I, it, I mean, and it does happen in football, right, where, where people are making decisions that shouldn't be making decisions, and they don't have that relationship with the manager. And you're right, Charms, is where the manager that's in there week in and week out, he should be the one saying, this is the player that we need. These are the characteristics. This is how he's got to play, perform. What's he like? Who's his family? You know? Mm-hmm. And then, then you get the right player in, but you can't just have these guys just picking players and putting them, dump them, dumping them on on managers. And yeah. and the number of guys, like really Cooper, to be fair, they've stuck with him. They actually extended his contract when some people thought he might get fired, but they brought in 26, 27, 30 yeah. whatever players. Yeah, well, they just got rid of the sporting director as well, right? Because obviously the, some of the players he brought in weren't good enough. And it's just, you need time, right? You do. But like you said, you need time. But during the season, I mean, there isn't actually that much time to work with players on the training pitch. No. no. You know, we said that last time, right? With the recovery days, the various yeah. cups. Exactly. Yeah. It's difficult. You, you need a preseason. Yeah. I know. I, I look at Forest right now, Jimmy. I, I don't know how they stay up. I really don't. No, when you look at their schedule now, it's going to be very it's horrible. Very yeah, it's not good. I think if they get relegated, it puts Richie Larea in a better position. It, even like to get him out of the door or give him time on the pitch. It, it, I think either one of them would is going to work in his favor. Yeah, I mean, how does that work? So uh, we think his loan deal is up in June, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Right. So let's say Forrest go down. Um, there's a good chance they'll fire Steve Cooper, I would think. Right, rightly or wrongly, maybe they keep him around. But say they fire him, new guy comes in, he's going to want to see what he has. Surely, right? So you would think that he would recall Richie, wouldn't you? I mean, who knows what the agreement was there? It's, it's hard mm-hmm. to say. We don't know the details. There, there could be an agreement, a handshake agreement. You know, there's going to be a sale. I don't know. I hope they keep a hold of Cooper. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Well, you know, you stuck with them this long and they've had a little surge and then they've yeah, gone true. back down into the, the the bottom three again now. But you may as well. He's, he's brought them up before, right? Why can't he do it again? With a better team, technically, really. Mm-hmm. Well, technically, <laughs> we think. Who yeah. knows? There's so many bloody on, players. On paper. <laughs> <laughs> They're worth a few hundred million. Yeah. It's weird. It's a weird one. I mean, I, I, I did a piece yeah. today, actually. At work about who's going down, who's not going down. And I mean, it's so tight still. Southampton, I think they are going down 23 points. They're four from safety. And, and their schedule is pretty nasty as well. Um, Leicester, 25 points, two from safety. Um, tough schedule, new manager, hoping for the bounce there, right? There's something Everton. bad going. Like that Leicester situation just seems like, I don't know. It would, it just. There's a real poison going around that club, and it's just yeah. sucking them right down. And I, I, the whole atmosphere around there, and the the crowd, and the players, and Rogers leaving, and all this is the ownership's having difficulty financially. It's just yeah, it's too bad. It's too bad to see, really. Yeah, it's not good, is it? No, not good at all. Everton, Leeds, Bournemouth, West Ham, Wolves, they're all in, in danger. I mean, even Palace and 33 points, they're six in the drop zone, right? But I mean, I think they'll probably be okay the way they're playing right now. But uh, yeah, fine. it's it's going to go right down to the wire there. It's going to be exciting as hell, I think. But I think some pretty storied old clubs could be going back down there. 
Um, what else do we have to talk to? We're kind of lacking energy tonight. I, I, is, I am definitely lacking energy tonight. <laughs> well, I watched the France-Canada game, if you want to talk Yeah, about that's that. right. That's on my list right here. So a loss for Canada. Thoughts, Greg? I, I was watching Champions League, didn't get a chance to watch it. Yeah, I mean, I was slipping back, but I mostly watched the, the women's game. They, um, they played, they started really well. Uh, Christine Sinclair had a really good chance. It was set up brilliantly on the on the, the left hand side, which really gave them probably the most danger. Um, but yeah, up until half to half time, Canada was the happier of the two. But France stood off them quite a bit, let them play around the back, and it seemed to be comfortable for Canada and moving it forward and with with uh, you know slowly. But the second half was completely different. France played put three up top and they just pressured them, put them under full pressure. Canada was spilling the ball in the wrong areas. The goalkeeper Sheridan make a really terrible mistake for the second goal. She does well first with the jinx. She comes in on the, on the player coming in she's got the ball at her feet and then she tries to play a left foot or right and she gets cut off and the girl chips it into the net and that really put them in a bad spot. But <clears throat> the goal they scored, they didn't really seem as though they're going to score. Problem is guys is like they, they don't have any pace to get in behind. And that becomes very comfortable for defenders, especially the French have a couple of pacey players. You can't get in behind Jimmy. You know, it's just it's just really, really difficult yeah. to try to create something when they know everything's in front of them. Yeah. And unfortunately, Christine's just got to the age now. She's just running up and down and she's just not really contributing as much as you'd really like. But if they had one player up top with pace that could get him behind, it would completely change. I would actually think they would have a really good chance to make a run at the World Cup. But looking at this team, I think they're going to huff and puff, but I don't see them going when the teams get, you know, into the quality and even the French in the final third is just the difference, you know, and when, when you got to win at the yeah. crucial the thing, the thing is too, Greg, and you know this, when you're playing against teams and you if you're not worried or threatened by their pace, when you push up your line, you can go as high as you want and really pin teams in. Whereas if you do have the pace up top, it's defenders, you kind of drop a little bit more, don't you? Which means the space in front of you opens up where you can, the opposition can go play and they'll find more holes and pockets. But, you know, like you're saying, the French would be like, let's just go up high because if they want to go over top, there's no one going to beat us for pace and we'll just clean it up. Mm-hmm. Did you Defensively, the- for the most part, they played uh, Jills and, and center back with Rose. That looked pretty good. There was a lot. There was a lot of positives. I thought from the game, and I was thinking after twenty minutes, half an hour, I was like really liking what I saw. And it was a really good save off Christine. Actually, it'd be fair to the goalkeeper. She made a really good save down low. That would have made it one nil. So, yeah, a lot of positives. But I think it's going to be difficult to. I just don't see where the goals are going to come from. Well, the trouble is too. This is not enough games between now and the World Cup either to to work. That's it. Out, right. That's it. I mean, they've got to work some out. They have to. Like, come on. I know we know the issues with the camps being, you know, reduced, but mm-hmm. there's got to be something. They've got to find a way. They really have to. Do you hear a Herb Renard post-match? He was saying how, you know, if we want to grow women's soccer, we've got to be smart about this. And why would you have this match against the Olympic champions, a big match, on, on the same day as Champions League football? I get it. Right? This isn't men against women. It's just... Most of the football world are watching Champions League football on a Tuesday in the quarterfinals, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I get his point. Now, obviously, scheduling issues, but there has to be a better solution than that, hasn't there? Did you hear that there'll be uh, Gold Cup games at BMO Field this summer? Fantastic. Great. Yeah. Although I just, uh, before I came down here, I just put the news on and they're... Uh, the city of Toronto is whining about the World Cup and they just found out that MLSE won't be uh, financially at risk, taking any risk on for hosting games in Toronto at the World Cup. It's all coming down on the city. Did you hear that? Do you see that? I didn't, but it doesn't surprise me that MLSE doesn't have to pay shit. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't bid for it. They just own the stadium. Hey, by the way, they squeezed into the BMO field like they own it. <laughs> Canada's dressing room? Nah, let's wipe. We took that out made it a bar. 
<laughs> it's a nice bar though. In fairness. It's a great spot. Good idea. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, it's not worth it. <laughs> I'm actually getting down to TFC this weekend with the uh the proletariat, the scum as I call them. Looking forward uh, to that. Wait till the weather gets warm. By the way, well, it's gonna be freaking hot. Flip, flip a switch from winter to summer, did they? Like it it's was freezing three days ago. I know. It's great. It's great. Uh, oh, oh! I didn't mention this. Um, Wrexham beating Notts County. Did you see that on Monday? What a match! It was incredible. JC, that was unreal. Sorry, I got to jump in on that. That was such a good game. Such a good game. Um, I actually watched the. Um, I didn't want. I had the game. I didn't stream the game illegally. Obviously, I would never do that. No, no, no. But I watched. I was watching. <laughs> I was watching uh, a YouTube Wrexham guy. Um, the, the reaction um, thing, which was 10 seconds behind the feed that I wasn't stealing. <laughs> and it was unreal. But I, and I, I, I said this once before. I think I said it on the show was that when you, when you have essentially like you have everything to gain and nothing to lose, the, the grit and the grind that a team like that has, like those guys have gone through, I mean, pretty much everyone in that league or that, that tier has gone through so much in the last year or so or two years or however long it's been with, with the publicity, but Wrexham especially, I mean, they can only go up from there and just like to see the reactions and like the, just the grind on those guys when they were playing in the, it, it was the, they were playing a league team a few the FA Cup back. Yeah. And the yeah, FA they Cup, won, they beat three of them, I think, didn't they? The, yeah. The, and it was wild quarters. because again, there's nothing to lose. They have everything to gain. Mm-hmm. So it's just just go go go, and that game was unbelievable. But got to give it to both teams, on, in in my opinion, because even um, the team that they were that they were playing against, Notts County, Notts County, and they were they were both their rivals. They were the the both at the top, right? Yep. So that yep. to me was just an unbelievable um, display of 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 sport. It was un- no, it was. I mean, the drama was incredible. Listen, they're, they're both going to get promoted, right? Rex and now are in control for the automatic spot, but Notts County, they're so much better than everyone else in the league there, like 20 points or whatever it is. So they're going to get through in the uh, the playoffs. But to see Rob Green, Craig, formerly Manchester United Watford, getting Ben Foster. Signed, uh, sorry, Ben, ben, ben Foster. Foster. Sorry, yeah, Rob Green, Ben Foster. Um, again, I always got those two mixed up, actually. Uh, but, but yeah, Ben Foster signing at 40 years of age. He's been working on a podcast the last year. He hasn't played for a while. And to step into the breach there. And, and it got me thinking, I mean, Christ, if you're an old, aging, former star player, wouldn't you want to get a piece of Wrexham? Yes. Like, how much fun is that? Oh, I would have been all over that. Yeah. It could have been, could have been Craig Forrest in goal, not, not Rob Green or Ben Foster. <laughs> <laughs> Good on him. Brilliant. And it's basically secure. They're gonna they're gonna make they're gonna win that division now because they got a game in hand on Notts County as well. Do you yeah. think that we're just like saying you know we're, we're celebrating this great story and it is a great story? But if you're the other teams in that league, you're you're pretty pissed, aren't you? Because I mean they're outspending everyone by so much. Yeah, yeah, it'll be different. I mean, it's a big step up. Each step is quite significant because yeah. even a guy like Mullins, who's a striker, I think he led the goal the the league in the fourth tier. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even no, was it, no, third was tier, it maybe? Was it I'm not sure. He played in the third tier as well, but his draw his goals dropped significantly when he hit the right. third tier. But he's in that sweet spot right now in that in that division where they're playing. Remember, Wrexham are basically currently 93rd <laughs> in the English pyramid system. 93rd. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible, isn't it? And this is all to get to 92. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But well, they will be because if they go alphabetical order when they start the season. <laughs> well, Mullins, Mullins, on, uh, about, Mullins on about 4,500 a week for non-league football. I mean, that's crazy, right? There's a couple of guys on there at three grand a week, which is massive. But it could change next year. So the way it works in, in league, once you enter the league, you, have to, you can't commit more than 55% of your turnover to salaries. So whether they can keep doing this next year, Financially, I don't know. I'm sure they got it planned out. They'll figure it out somehow. Well, how much they're selling literally hundreds of thousands in merchandise. They can't even keep it in stock. 
since they bought the club, Craig, the turnover has increased 400%. Wow. <laughs> I would imagine. They're putting a new, I mean, Ben Foster makes a save and behind them is just a work site because they're putting up a new stand there. I mean, yeah. 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 They didn't even own the, the, the stadium a couple of years ago until Ryan Reynolds. And-, and isn't this more fun, guys? Isn't this more fun? If you're like, you know, someone with lots of money, Okay, you can go the, the Premier League route, right, and spend billions of pounds on, on, on a team, billions of this ready-made thing, right? Yeah. Or you can spend, like, a fraction of that and go to the lower leagues, pick a club with some potential, yeah. with, with a stadium, and you can potentially buy the stadium or own the stadium, own the plot of land, potentially yeah. build upon that, and, and slowly build up through the ranks. I, I think that's going to be so much more rewarding than being a, an oil state and buying a massive club in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. More fun. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, we look at Ipswich Town as an example of these these American guys from Las Vegas. Frank Yellup knows them quite well. Um, they've done a really nice job coming in. Just the key is, and the other owner was an English guy that never came to games. Nobody knew him. He was so distant and the club lost its soul for so many years. And then these guys come along and they see the importance of it and they know how to build that. And they've done a good job. They're obviously winning games, and they've, they've got every chance of being promoted into the second tier, the championship. So, um, but the same thing, yeah. Those guys are really enjoying it. You know, they want to get to the the top, obviously. But that's a that's a big ask. That's right. The journey, the journey is almost bigger than the actual end result, isn't it? I think. Yeah, and and winning it doesn't matter. I mean, they're they're taking two thousand, three thousand, whatever away, even more depending on where it is on away games and they're selling out Portman road every single game because uh, they're, they, they haven't lost forever, you know, and winnings, you know, it's contagious and people want to be part of it. You go up, you see the premier league teams that suffer. Norwich is a good example. The club's buzzing. Then they go to the premier league to get relegated and it's oh shit. Yeah. Then they're buzzing again. They go up, <laughs> but losing doesn't matter what league you're in. It just, it sucks. But Jimmy, I mean, to that promotion, you've been promoted, right? I mean, yeah. that has to be a, almost a bigger buzz than, than winning a cup in some regards, I, I would think, for some of those fans. Oh, yeah, it's it's amazing. It is amazing, especially when you're coming towards the end of the season. You're on top of the table. You just can't stop winning. The city's buzzing. The stadium's on fire. Fans are going nuts. Players, the energy that's in the dress room is it's probably it's probably the best time you'll ever have in football when you're on your way to getting promoted, especially winning the league. Yeah, it's it exciting times because it's drawn out right over amount yeah. of time. Yeah, I always I found it too is a little bit like getting over the finish line. Like is because it even though is math as so long as it was mathematical, you still had a lot of work to do. Everybody's oh you're you're there you're there and it's like just like yeah, but you still got to go through the process of getting points. We still needed a few, you know, and then. We, I think we had a game in Bristol, Bristol City it was. I think it was three games left. We could have clinched the division. And that's a big trip for Ipswich fans. That's a long way down there. And we took thousands because we could have been promoted. We ended up losing. And we hadn't lost forever. And we're going home and Ipswich cars are coming by us. And they're giving us the wanker signs. <laughs> like it's like fucking hell. And the next game we won and we clinched the title. And it was just like I was like, these guys is like, yeah. Now they're hugging you and kissing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but they were so pissed off. They went all the way to Bristol <laughs> and they wanted a party. And then they're the fucking wankers, wanker yeah. signs. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Like Ted Lasso, you know Ted Lasso. Some of that stuff when they walk and by him in the street and the guys are <laughs> fuck off yeah. or he fingers him yeah. like it's just like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that happens all the time. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you know what? Going back to the Wrexham and uh, and Notts County, that race there. You imagine Notts County if they don't go up, and you're thinking we've just finished with over a hundred points, with over a hundred points, and now we're going into the playoffs. <laughs> and you know what the playoffs are like? It's yeah, really going to tails, especially that final, that last game. You never know what's going to happen. And Jimmy, across, across town, well, not even across town, Nottingham Forest are in the fucking Premier League. I mean, okay, they're bottom, whatever, but, and Notts County is the oldest recorded club. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. You look at their jerseys. I mean, they're basically, that's 
why Juventus is black and white with stripes because of Notts County. Yeah. When was the last time Notts County were in the top flight? Oh, a long time ago. <sighs> Remember all that money they spent? They brought in Sven Goren Eriksson and the Cole coach. Campbell too, Sol wasn't Campbell he? Campbell and yeah, and that's the, right. What happened to that? I don't know. Some geezer didn't have the money. He was one of these yeah. guys like L.A. Kings guy. <laughs> they tried to do Eriksson, but it didn't work. <laughs> they went yeah. too far. They have a nice setup there as well. They have a nice old ground. Do they? Oh, yes. Yeah. It's, really it's nice. kind of sad, really. Yeah. But Nottingham's not that big a place to have two clubs like that. Really, I mean, population-wise, they're not that big, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so before uh, we went up today, I, I put out on Twitter any questions you want to ask ex-pros, and our, our boy Dave Decola um, says, "What STDs were the most irritating?" Oh, oh, you mean pro athlete? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you say STDs? Yeah, because yeah. I said pros, right? Pros and you know, oh, prostitutes, <laughs> professional women, or yeah. men. Come to that. Yeah. Um, JC, you, you, uh, we were going to explain. You posed something earlier in the week on Twitter, um, and, and the prize was something pretty. Well, I think that most people would, would appreciate. Yeah, today was. Um... It was Champions League day, a great day. Um, and I asked the question about uh, Chelsea Real Madrid. I said, if you can pre- if you can properly predict the outcome, then obviously uh, whoever did would win um, would win a, a, a boudoir photo shoot with Craig's cats. <laughs> <laughs> now, to the chagrin of Craig's cats and thousands and thousands of footy prime listeners no one managed to get the correct uh the correct score line um but i it was and it was supposed to, it was going to be wonderful because the cats craig i don't know if they'd spoken to you but they had agreed that they were going to um act out the uh the chelsea logo um that was going to be <laughs> a real thing they were getting themselves like they're getting themselves ready for it pumped up round etc <laughs> Unfortunately, again, nobody did the closest though. Um, so maybe uh, it was was Doug, Doug Simonite. Um, so he get he guessed Chelsea nil, Real Madrid three. So I don't know if that is maybe we just send some you know professional like just some some amateur pictures of the cats to Doug. <laughs> maybe yeah, one cat isn't isn't Doug a Chelsea fan? I uh, I believe he is. I think he yeah. is. Well, yeah. I mean that's, that's a little that's, bit of self uh, self uh, deprecation there. Well, he, yeah, that's right. Yeah, maybe he whips himself. <laughs> to the thoughts himself? of your cats. Well, it, I'm sure watching Chelsea this year feels like self flagellation. Anyway, hmm. Jesus, as we discussed earlier in today's podcast. Um, okay, well, listen. Um, <laughs> Somehow we got to almost fifty minutes. I don't know how. It was, it was a it was a fight. It was a battle today. I felt like a battle today. You guys are great. You know what? I, Hold I on. If, if I may, if I may, if I may, it's JC again here. Um, I just need to pump in. Obviously, you guys are not as familiar with the game as I am, but I must say that if we're talking about Knotts County, ninety one ninety two was the last uh, the year that they were in the uh, the first division, which was before the prem, I believe. Really? Yeah. I think it was the year. Was that not the year before the prem became the prem? <laughs> Yeah, so they yeah. got relegated that year. Unlucky. They did, and it was all downhill from there. But they, uh, yeah, they they were in that for the one year, and before that, I'm not exactly sure. After and all that, up, uh, that we, year, we swapped spots with them. Oh, okay. Oh. That's the one year you don't want to get relegated when the whole game changed. You've got in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, but we didn't see it. It wasn't a big deal back then. It was just basically we saw it as a name change. It, it really didn't mean anything it was just the top fight see it was okay it wasn't first division anymore it was called the premier league okay big deal except you, were, reason, you you went from a nissan to a rolls royce though that year didn't you <laughs> well not that year but certainly <laughs> i mean it, you know what i mean like it, after two years of the premier league they're not going oh that's a premier league record like it needed time to pass before and then it did and then yeah. it does seem to be a lot of things they talk about Premier League, this, that, but it, it should be just the top flight. Just it should be, the- yeah. Like the whole Haaland race right now, um, Dixie Dean scored over 40 goals for Chelsea in like yeah. the 30s, right? Yeah. Clive Allen did, I think, was it 40 goals, 42 goals for Spurs? Yeah, I couldn't or believe high, that. 
it's more than she, right now. Shearer and Cole have the record in the Prem for 34 yeah. goals, which is great, right? But there were incredible seasons in the top flight. So he might well smash those records too. But I'm with you. Like the old joke is, you know, people forget that football wasn't born in 1992. There was a mm-hmm. lot of football before then. Yes. But, uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's, just like anything too, the game, it changes too, right? I mean, those those guys were playing on heavy surfaces. Yeah. The ball was like a lead, like fucking bowling ball when it got wet. Yeah. You can, and you couldn't even watch the games around. in Fubo back in those days. That's right. <laughs> It's a wait to 2023, 22 really for Fubo. We can catch all your Premier League games. Okay, um, anything else? Jimmy's gone very dark, like a silhouette, like he's some kind of ex mafia dude. Yeah, I, I think you ought to give a shout out to uh, Costa Simriotis. Yes, from the Canadian Premier League, who's the new executive vice president. Yeah, Costa's a uh, co-founder with his brother Bobby of Sigma. Yeah. Worked in Hamilton, of course, in, in recent years. But yeah, great man for the job. Yeah. Congratulations. Good, good guy. CPL kicks off this weekend, and we're going to have a special guest on Friday. Shall we say who it is? Is it confirmed yet, Jimmy? Uh, pretty much. We just got to find the time. Okay. Okay. Let's just say he used to play for Jimmy, and he wore gloves when he played. <laughs> also a great cook. And now lives in the same city as our prime minister. So figure that out. It's a tough one, isn't it? Oh. If you guess it correctly, the winner will get their own footy prime knife. (laughs) Go at your dog when he tries to take your steak from the table. Footy prime knife. Mmm. Actually, we have some good guests. Well, so we we did have some good guests lined up until that last little uh, promo for the knife. Um, we will be having uh, Mark Noonan, the CPL commissioner, on very, very soon. And uh, a whole, I almost said a whole litany of other great names. That's probably the wrong word to use. But some some great people coming up in the next few weeks. It's been footy prime. Wonga, by the way, is fine, everyone. Fear not. I know you missed him today, but uh, he, he's being a dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember, yeah, that guy that's missing today, Craig? That's Wonger. That's right. <laughs> you know, we missed him. Lots. <laughs> <laughs> we could have done with his energy today actually to keep the thing flowing a little bit he could have stood it for me I'm losing my voice right now I'm a bit concerned no energy I'm losing my voice uh oh what could that mean uh oh we'll see alright time to go we're back on Friday we'll see you then keep buying newspapers and cheers for listening follow us on Twitter at footy underscore prime and on Instagram at footy prime IG <coughs> I'm definitely losing my voice.